I'm just going to tell you now, this is the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I tried to fool her into, into recording before and she didn't take the bait. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Next time. The, f- the f- funny thing is you actually fooled me, which is why I didn't say anything. Like, I didn't realize I we were recording, which is why, like, the one time you actually got me is the time that I don't say anything. Because you told me that you were, like, always keen on when I was doing it. So I was like, oh, I have to be sneakier. But this time I was, like, too sneaky. I was, it was too good. You overshot the mark. So. I did. Next time I'll get it better. Well, hello, Sam Baxter. Hello, Pissy Miles. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. We've seen quite a bit of each other this week. Yeah, no, we've we've been hanging out a lot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we had a bonfire. We recorded our episodes. Mm-hmm. We had our first uh, uh, sleepover on Friday. Yep. And it went very well. Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited because we have so many more events planned, like our sleepover. Yeah, no, there's lots of exciting stuff coming up. There is. We we had a, a really wonderful little sleepover on this past Friday and spoke to a lot of you wonderful kids out there. And, uh... We were so moved <laughs> by the discussion. <laughs> we decided to have another little event. We are this Friday, that is the 25th of September, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the U.S. We are going to be hosting our very first Watch Along. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited, too. I'm especially excited that we're doing Scream. I know. I When we were talking about what movie to do, I was like, I was like, well, we can't do a movie we've reviewed before. And I was like... Why not? Why can't we do a movie? Yeah, screw it. It's before? a completely different thing. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It's totally different. So we might as well just do our favorite fucking movie ever, Scream, and get uh, get to enjoy every moment of it. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. We're going to watch Scream this Friday uh, with all of you on Facebook Live, and we are going to give you some <laughs> some spooky gay commentary <laughs> over the film. Uh, so make sure you tune in. It's going to be, there's an event page, and uh, I believe we're broadcasting it on the My Spooky Gay Family page. So yeah. you can tune in and watch it with us. We're going to be watching the movie and giving some funny commentary over the over the however long it is i think it's like an hour and a half or two hours or... yeah no they're not terribly long slasher movies generally no they it's actually better if they're short we like we like our slashers to get to the point real quick <laughs> they do like their points they they love their points or in some cases they're round uh chain wrapped things there are points on the chainsaw Kind of. I've never actually used a chainsaw. I haven't either. I'm, I'll am i be honest with you. I think I'm a little afraid of them. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know that I'd be able to do it, like, use it for its intended purpose. I don't think so either. <laughs> and be like, yeah, this is fine. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I would probably struggle with it. And I especially, like, I don't know how it works. Is it just that it's, like, it's a chain wrapped on a thing that goes around really fast so it cuts? Yeah, basically. But is the chain sharp? It must yeah. be sharp. Yeah, no, there's serrated. There's little Like points. little blades? Yeah, like little blades on it. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, yes, that's why they <laughs> use them so often in horror movies. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So speaking of, we're gonna be doing a watch along. Yeah. On Friday. <laughs> Apropos of nothing. Apropos of nothing. Um, we're going to be doing a little watch along on Friday night. It's eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the U.S. Uh, I don't know what that calculates to literally anywhere else except maybe Los Angeles. Uh, I know in Los Angeles that's five p.m. Okay. But that's all I know. Uh, so tune in and and come watch with us. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Beyond that, we actually uh, we announced this on Friday at the at the sleepover, but we uh, we have not uh, really gotten into it much. We thought we would let you we all know. We have so know. much administration. To get I know there's today. so much business today. <laughs> the hamster is just reeling. <laughs> <laughs> He's rolling around in his cage like I have too much to do. <laughs> um, we we wanted to let you all know some very big business that's happening. We are starting a Patreon because we we thought, you know what? Um we would like to not be poor anymore. So, we're going to start <laughs> we're going to start a little Patreon and it's a way for us to give you guys more really cool content and yeah. also to make sure that uh all of the content we're putting out we can kind of put some money back into it and make it as big and as wonderful as we can. Um, we are starting a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash my spooky gay family. And there are a bunch of different, there are five different levels of, of patron tiers that you can join. Yeah. So do what feels comfortable for you. Yeah. And please, if you don't have the cash to spend right now, don't feel obligated to, uh, join the Patreon. We know how much you love us just by listening. Uh, and, and, we celebrated our one year anniversary last week and that is like insane to me. <laughs> We've been doing this for a whole year and somehow over the last year we have found all of you spooky people and uh, created such a wonderful little community that we, we love so dearly. And truly appreciate each and every one of you. Every single one. Every single one. I can't tell you how many like fun messages we get on on Twitter and on Instagram and on Instagram we get pictures of corgi puppies that is by the <laughs> way uh, a specific re uh, reference to uh, the dipped quill is their their Instagram username but they also have a username called Laszlo the vampire corgi <laughs> and uh, they send us pictures of Laszlo who is their corgi puppy all the time and Aww. he has uh he he is he dresses like a vampire sometimes and it's it's a reference obviously to what we do in the shadows because there is Laszlo the vampire mm -hmm. but um he has a little stuffed unicorn named Pissy that he eats <laughs> oh no isn't that crazy i was like <laughs> i have never been so moved in my life that there is a corgi out there playing with a stuffed unicorn that is named after me um <laughs> So and and we get things like that. We get spooky stories. We get all. We love getting all of your comments and things. So we thought we would kind of create a little bit more of a close knit community. We're starting uh, this Patreon, and you know, amidst the tiers of this Patreon, there are going to be monthly 
sleepovers, which is our, our Zoom meetings. And there are going to be monthly watch-alongs, so we will watch movies with you. There's going to be the return of an infamous... Oh, no. An infamous horror blog that started literally over a decade ago. Yes, it did. And what was it called, Sam? It was called Fright Dyke. <laughs> It was it was like the first iteration of my spooky gay family in a way. A little Be- bit, yeah. Because it was it was just your blog about horror and specifically queer horror. Yeah, it was just me being a smart ass about slasher movies, really. Yeah. And so uh that is coming back as part of the uh Patreon program that is kind of our our monthly sort of newsletter, but it's going to be Sam's musings about all things horror and not horror, whatever whatever she feels like talking about <laughs> that month. Um, and we've got all kinds of other things. You can go and check it out. Uh, it, we're launching the Patreon on October 1st. So next week, next it's actually next Thursday. Is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> next Thursday, you can go and check out um, our, our Patreon. You can check out all of the great tiers and decide if there's uh, a level you would like to join. I should warn you all that there is a bit of news. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to be moving the mini-sodes to the Patreon. And it is one of the lowest uh, level tiers because we want all of you to be able to listen to these mini, mini micro-sodes that you love so much. Um, We're going to be moving them to the Patreon, uh, but on a very low tier so that you guys can still access them with a with a reasonable uh, with uh, within a reasonable price point. so after we are done with the reviews of Unsolved Mysteries, we are going to be switching the microsodes over to the Patreon and you guys will be able to find them there. But I, I want to remind you uh, how much we enjoy doing these these mini, mini microsodes for you. And uh, they will be available to you on Patreon. That said... That's most of our business, I think. Yes, right? I think that that about wraps it up. <laughs> They're like, thank God, shut up, Busy Miles. We, <laughs> we, we don't want to hear about your Patreon anymore. Um, we're going to jump right into probably the most like miserable episode of Unsolved really Mysteries. I, I literally said to Sam before we started recording, I was like, this is actually going to be a mini, mini microsode because I don't know if I can talk about this uh, at at length because it's so and and it's just so sad it's so sad and the thing is it's like i don't know what makes it so much worse than the other episodes because every every episode with the exception of possibly the next one is pretty tragic like it all involves some really horrible event that happened to a group of people and uh, you know, obviously in many cases led to the disappearance or death of someone and obviously affected a lot of people. But this one, for some reason, something about it struck me as being so just like morbid. It's so sad. I think it's because you kind of know what happened. Yeah. Like there's less mystery involved. So there's less of a there's less of that sort of true crime detective brain taking over mm-hmm. and more of that kind of, oh, shit, what if this happened to somebody I knew and loved kind of feeling. Yeah. And it's also and, like, I think that's a really good yeah. point. I think you're absolutely right that it it doesn't um, it doesn't come off as so much of a mystery. 
I think anyone watching this episode knows generally what probably happened to, yeah. to, to this gentleman. Um, we, of course, are on episode four. It's called No Ride Home. And it is uh, it's the uh, retelling of, of what happened to a young gentleman named Alonzo Brooks. He was very young. I don't think he I don't remember exactly. He's 23, right? Yeah, I think he's he's somewhere in that 22 to 24 range. Yeah, yeah, he's in his early 20s, yeah. kind of 22 to 25, somewhere in there. I believe it's specifically 23 years old. Um, and he went, he lives lived in Kansas um, and was kind of part of a, a group of friends that just was looking to go and hang out one night. And they drove a very long way to a party that was kind of in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and he was a young... Uh, african-american gentleman in a group of uh, a, a larger friend group that was mostly, mostly if not all yeah. white from what we can tell from what we can tell based on what was was shown in this episode um and he goes to a party that was mostly if not, not all, all white, white. Yeah. <laughs> and i think uh, they do say he was the only um he was the only african-american there. I, I do believe that you're correct. I think that I think that that's true. He was the only the only person of color at this party. And um, what's what's so crazy to me is, I, I mean, we're just going to jump right into yeah. it, I'm assuming. Yeah. Basically, over the course of the night, he's very like uh, he's described as being very vivacious and uh, fun and 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 just willing to go out and have a good time and so he's having a good time and somehow he gets into an altercation with another gentleman at the party and that person uses a really terrible slur against him and that kind of erupts into a larger fight that has to be kind of broken up and not a physical fight but a, yeah. an argument um that has to be broken up and his friend uh kind of takes him out of the situation and and calms him down and then after all this happens his friend's like okay we're gonna go you can find a ride home right bye <laughs> <laughs> and it's like maybe this wasn't the best, best time thing, to yeah. leave your black friend at a, at a party of white people who he, who just called him the n-word <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of choices that happen in this episode that are highly questionable yeah and it just struck me as strange because, you know, I hadn't thought about it until just this moment, like just how bizarre it is that his friends were comfortable leaving him at a party that he had already had. A, a, I don't I guess you I guess you could. There had already been some friction. Friction. But it was like already racially motivated. Like there had already been the use of of racial slurs against him. Yeah. And if I mean hindsight is 2020. I don't want to I don't want to assign blame to any of the people in his friend group because we have no idea what happened, but it just seems so strange to me. Like if that had happened to a friend of mine, I would not have left them at the party. No, as especially not to um go get smokes, which is the what the first friend says he went to do. He went to go get cigarettes and got lost and decided to just go home. Yeah. Um <laughs> Apparently, after calling another friend and who said that they were going to take Alonzo home, but that friend was never like no one seems to know who this guy is or where he went or where or he went. Like... Yeah. No one can figure out kind of 
whether or not that guy even really existed. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that there's a question. (laughs) Yeah, it's all very shady. And it's like, well, I've heard some people say that they feel so bad for the friends because of this guilt they must have. Because obviously, Alonzo the next day goes missing and within days is reported a missing person because it's very unusual that he didn't come home. And uh, immediately they find his hat and his shoe near the house, like literally down the road. Yeah. Um, Off the, off the road, like in a, just like a grassy knoll or whatever the fuck (laughs) it is. Uh, They, they find his, his, hat and his shoe in this very deserted area and it's it's Kansas so there's a lot of like wide open rural area um but it's within uh, like a quarter mile of the house that they had had the party at them yeah it's previously. not far at all and it it turns out that the house is not technically occupied it's like kind of just a hangout where kids go that this house is not really owned by someone specifically and it's all very bizarre. Yeah, no, the the whole setup is very strange. And what happens next, I think, is even stranger. Mm-hmm. Is you have the the KVI, which is the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, gets mm-hmm. involved um, along with the local the local law enforcement, and eventually you have the FBI involved. Yeah, and they conduct searches for months. It's, I, I think it's literally 30 days. Yeah. They um I, I can't remember exactly the the length of time. Um I, I, it's something like a month that they are looking for him and cannot find any sign any of sign of, of of Alonzo Brooks. And they won't let the family participate in the investigation. No. Now <laughs> I am admittedly a bit weary of of law enforcement these days. Fair. But I'm trying to I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt even even in this instance when I don't think they deserve it. I don't think it's unusual to say that a family should not be involved in an investigation because they are not trained professionals, they're not trained to participate in an investigation. There are they're then you get into kind of uh, uh, what's it called when you when you find um, evidence in a in a non in an illegal way. Um, you can you can have a problem with. Um... I can't remember the word. Oh, crap. Um, chain of custody. Y- yes. Um, where you can't prove. Where something where came something from, came from or, or where it was found because it wasn't found by a, an investigator. Crime scene contamination is a bigger issue as far as this goes yeah. in terms of people like you You can never account for what the reaction of a family member is going to be if they find remains. Exactly. And you don't want them to react completely understandably. Yeah. But maybe smudge something or get their fingerprints on something or, you know, move the body in some way and that's, that's what going it comes to down hinder to. the investigation. The, the, inc- like the, the instinct of someone who finds a loved one uh, deceased is to cradle them or to go to them and to be with them because that is your loved one. And it, it would yeah, be an understandable. Yeah, and you're not thinking in that moment exactly. about the consequences of you doing it. But 
just being able to find the remains the way they were laid can tell investigators so much. So on one hand, I sit there and I say, well, I understand why the family is not allowed to participate in the investigation. However, (laughs) the investigation goes on for 30 days and and recovers nothing. bigger issue is that the initial searches when we were still working under the the framework of he's a missing person. Yeah. It's not unusual at all to have family involved. Not at all. Yeah, because he's not not assumed. It's it's not unusual to have entire communities be involved in searches like that. Mm -hmm. So there is a question... As to if they don't know he's dead yet and crime scene contamination is not potentially at issue, why you wouldn't allow Them other to people to help their, you look. Yeah. And again, it's like, well, I'm probably giving too much of the benefit of the doubt to the fact that they might have assumed that if he went missing in this area, something terrible probably happened to him. Yeah. Or... What it might just come down to is that they might not have a lot of experience investigating something like this, and they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they should. If nothing else, the, the KBI, um, the KBI was the the primary law enforcement group that was responsible for hunting BTK. Yeah, so, then I don't really have a. Uh... So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that if you can hunt a serial killer, you can you can handle this. Yeah, and I don't think there's an excuse for that. I. I and it's like I said, I'm. I think I'm being far too forgiving. I think that this was mishandled in ev- almost every way that you could mishandle it. I I agree with that. <laughs> I I I think that there's just so much about the reaction of law enforcement to this situation that made the situation worse. Yeah. Like, and not just for Alonzo's family, but for everybody involved. Everyone involved, because. It's it's remarkably passive, this investigation. Yeah, it's very kind of. It's it's kind of lazy, frankly. Yeah, it it, it's, <laughs> it seems from the outside to have been rather lazy. And then you get into a kind of a part of a larger discussion that's happening a lot right now in this country is. It, it's very hard not to see some ties to racism because this is a young african-american gentleman in a predominantly white neighborhood and it just reeks of like well how big is this neighborhood it, it can't be that big right i they they specifically say in the in the uh show that it is not a remarkably large town it's not a remarkably large town. Um, most law enforcement in areas like that is on the county level, which I believe is what they said in this instance. Mm-hmm. They were dealing with a county sheriff's office. Yeah. Um, that county could be huge, particularly out in the Midwest and in very rural areas that can cover But not quite densely a large, populated. Not densely populated, but you could have... You could be talking, you know, hundreds of miles. And that's true. But I'm saying in terms of investigation, because no investigation is going to start with immediately combing the woods. They're going to start with investigating the people who were at that party and who was there and where they went and trying to put together a timeline. Yeah. And that was just clearly not done well. No, and it's, it's not even that it wasn't done well. It was that there didn't seem to have been... A whole lot of urgency yeah. to the process. 
like they said in the show that they conducted hundreds and hundreds of interviews but like at the end of the day you made them wait 48 hours before you even started doing this exactly like there's no reason why you couldn't have begun sooner yeah and the the thing that frustrates me the most because this kind of leads to this kind of leads to a larger part of the conversation because Alonzo's remains are eventually discovered mm-hmm. but it's 30 or or 90 days later like uh, it's 30 days excuse me it's 30 days later they find his remains um not in the water but or I guess it is in the creek it's in the creek it's it's in the creek but it's it's unclear as to whether or not he was in the water it's a little bit unclear however his body shows no signs of like bloating or discoloration or uh literally literally any of the things you would expect to see from someone's body having been um in in a body of water his for a month his possessions are also not badly water damaged no. um which you would expect from being in a creek for a month and his mother points that out yeah. she says she's like here are the things that were in his pockets and she shows them on camera yeah. and they're not water damaged at all if no. if <laughs> you know like they're not badly if at all they and are not water some damaged. of them are, are paper documents that yeah. that should be destroyed mm-hmm. by, by any measure if they were in the water for 30 days should be completely dissolved now on the other hand, you have the coroner who's saying that his state of decomposition was consistent with that. I have to be completely honest with you and no disrespect meant to this gentleman at all except for completely. I think you're full of shit. Yeah, I think he lied. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. The hamster, the hamster is spinning is, around. Is running. <laughs> <laughs> this hamster is like, of all the fucking shows. <laughs> <laughs> There's six more episodes coming out in October. Uh, yeah, the hamster's like, "Fuck me!" Wait, so there's six more episodes coming out in October yeah. and Bly and Manor? Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah, no, comes we're, out. In we're October. gonna have minisodes to oh the end of the year. Oh my god! But um, <laughs> so go to www.patreon.com slash my spooky gay family. Um, no, but the the coroner to me like. He said there was no signs of strangulation. Mm-hmm. He also admitted that the soft tissue of the, the neck was so badly decomposed that he couldn't really tell that for certain. But it was specifically his neck. It was specifically his neck. And not seriously any other part of the body that I remember seeing in the episode. They didn't go into too too much detail about the state of the rest of the body. The only part they mentioned specifically was the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, He did say that he came in badly decomposed but again there's a difference between being badly decomposed and being decomposed in a watery environment Mm -hmm. and i'm just not convinced based on what they've said of what the body looked like that he was in a creek for 30 days especially since they searched that creek something like 500 times with cadaver dogs yeah and a helicopter and didn't find him and then his family found him on the first fucking try within like 15 minutes. It was 30 minutes into the investigation. The, literally 30 days in, the family was like, uh, fuck you, we're looking. And they walked out and within half an hour, they found 
uh, Alonzo's remains in the creek not far from the house. Yeah, no. It is absolutely inconceivable to me that that his body could have been there for the full 30 days and no one had found him before. Yeah, I don't... It, it makes no sense at all. And the thing that, that frustrates me is then it opens up a Pandora's box of m- more questions as to what happened here. Because if if we're to believe... And and I think it's a reasonable deduction that Alonzo was not in that creek for 30 days. And I think it's more than fair to say that he most likely wasn't. Where was he? And why, at that point in time, was his body moved to that location? And that's the part, that's the part that sticks with me is, like, there's no reason to put the body there. There's no reason to keep the body for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's where that theory kind of, like, falls apart for me a little bit. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, murderers don't do things the hard way. And they don't do them the <laughs> dramatic way. Yeah. Like, regardless of what law and order would have you believe. I know. Like, they do things the fucking easy way. Yeah. And if they've already found a place to store that body for 30 days... It's not going anywhere but a fucking, like, dumpster after that. Well, I mean, there. I think it's fair to say that it's possible that they tried to drop him in the creek, if he, even if he had been dead that whole time. Do you think it's likely that he was dead for that whole 30 days? I don't know. And that's like, what's hard to say, because a lot of detail is not given about the decomposition of the body. But it seems to me... Almost like it's possible that he was not deceased the whole time. It's possible that he wasn't. I'm willing to. I'm willing to accept the coroner's assertion that that he was that that he was dead for an extended period of time. An extended period of time, but possibly not the full thirty days. Possibly not, but I wouldn't expect it to be very much shorter. Shorter than mm-hmm. that. Okay, that that's fair. I'm being a bit dramatic. I'm like I'm like he was kept as a <laughs> as a prisoner and blah, 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 and I know that I'm getting a little bit wild. But this case just angers me so much because I can't imagine what this family is going through, having so few answers to something that seems so relatively straightforward. Yeah, on its face, this is very. It's kind of obvious what's going on and there were assertions that he was drunk and that he stumbled into the creek and ba 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 but like without missing a shoe mm-hmm. he's gonna stumble into the creek not walk up the road and then end up <laughs> and then to end up where he ended up and still not be found 30 days later. And to have like, possibly injuries to his body that are that in no way correspond to being drunk and falling or drowning. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the damage that was done around his neck. And again, this is all kind of third party information because I'm, I'm reading articles and things that people posted online. And they're not necessarily uh, valid sources but a lot of what people are saying is that the the damage was done mostly to his neck and um 
that there were and forgive me this is graphic but um there were sections of skin missing from his mm-hmm. neck and that was kind of a a big part of the investigation um the thinking being that maybe strangulation marks were removed strangulation marks were removed or that they possibly were strangulation marks that were uh emphasized by being out in nature because any decomposing remains out in nature are going to attract animals and insects and things like that but if he had open wounds that were then exacerbated by nature who knows again this is all kind of us going on the very little information that we have uh it does read as very strange especially when you look at it from the context of this is a young black man in Kansas <laughs> in a rural town in Kansas and I'm not trying to uh alienate any of our our Kansasian neighbor uh, uh listeners <laughs> what, what's the word from someone for someone I, from I'm Kansas honestly not sure <laughs> Kansasian Kansans Kansans Kansas? that sounds better than Kansasians um However, this is a, a state that has infamously uh, been, a, at least in some of its parts, kind of <laughs> Like anywhere in, else, there's little yeah, pockets. There's, in. There are plenty of pockets, and it seems like this pocket that he was in that night may have been a part of this, that history of racism. Um, it just reads as very, very clearly an act of racism especially when he had a racist altercation earlier in the night and then suddenly when all his friends are gone that's when something happens it just yeah. seems very strange and i'm not uh, again the the hamster is warning me that this is all allegedly 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 but i i, I just it it seems so straightforward to me that this that the people they should be investigating are the other people at that party. And it just feels like nothing's been done. And I don't understand why. Especially since, like, even the friend said that some of the people at the party went and got lawyers. Like, why would you need to get a lawyer? If... And listen, yeah. I'm not saying to anyone that you should not avail yourself of your rights when being questioned by the police. You absolutely should. Yeah. I'm just saying... It comes off as suspicious. It, it comes off as suspicious in this context for you to need a lawyer to say, I was at the party with this kid and I don't know what happened to him. Yeah. And something that has occurred to me is like, again, this is me being like, this is me putting my tinfoil hat on and being and living in 2020 where everything is already a ball of chaos. But there's a part of me that sits there and goes, well, this is a very small town in Kansas and there is local law enforcement involved in the investigation. Is it possible that one or more of the people at this party were related to law enforcement and something went wrong? Some kind of altercation happened where this gentleman was murdered and someone was involved who was connected to the higher ups that didn't want this to be properly investigated. I'm not saying that it's likely. I'm not even saying that I have proof of it, but I am saying that it's something that crossed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to perpetuate rumors and I'm not trying to accuse anyone of anything that didn't happen, but I am. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like it it it's something that when there are so few answers, you can't help but be drawn to the conspiracy. Conspiracy because it's like, well, how could you guys have fucked this up so bad? How could you have no context for this? I mean, some of it can be sort of written off as incompetence. Mm-hmm. But some of it, some of it does seem a bit more willful than that, for lack of a better yeah. term. Also, just as a side note, we should not have been drinking soda before this episode. No. Both of us are like imploding. We're like, well, he he went down to the. <laughs> um. <laughs> Damn you, diet sunkist. Um. Yes, I do agree. It it does seem strangely willful. I think you're. Abs- I think that. I think that wording is a very good way of putting it. I just think they 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 did the the interview with the two guys with the cadaver dogs, um, who were like pointing out we searched here, we searched here. They were going through this whole thing, and it was clearly a CYA interview. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's cover your ass for yeah. those of you who are unaware. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, even they're sitting there going like. We have no idea where where he could have been if he was there the whole thirty days. Even even they are standing there saying we have no idea how the fuck we could have possibly missed him. <laughs> I know. So it's like that leaves only so many options, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it reads a little bit as like Jennifer Coolidge from uh, Best in Show when she's like, "So I'm just gonna wait here until I get another message from myself." <laughs> like it was a very that kind she's of sitting interview. there eating curly fries eating her popcorn yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know i i have to say like i really dreaded having this conversation because there it didn't seem like something we could be at all lighthearted about and i no. still don't think that when it comes to the source material we can be lighthearted but l- watching the interviews of these police officers <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. There's the material. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Deputy Dewey boy. It's like they're all just like a bunch of like uh, shit kickers. They're just the most bizarre people. And it's like, I don't even believe you. Like, and I'm I'm a white person. Imagine being his poor mother who has to look at these guys and be like, you didn't see anything. (laughs) You didn't see anything. Nothing was there. Well, and she's got it on both sides because then she's also got his friends who she's sitting there looking at them going, none of you thought to like take him home home. or stay with him. Like in what world do you go to a party that's what was it half an hour or 45 minutes away? It was like an hour away. It's like an hour away from home. In what world do you go to a party that far away from home and say, I bet he'll find a way home? Or even if you thought he had a ride with some other person, like, wouldn't you, like, double check? These aren't, like, 16-year-olds. These are people in their mid-20s. Who had admittedly been drinking. Still. I'm just, <laughs> Where was I'm the just saying all, all mitigating factors should be included. They're, I'm not accusing drunk. them. I'm not accusing them necessarily of wrongdoing. I'm just saying... Some severe lapses in judgment. Lapses in judgment. Exactly, is I think the best wording for it. It's like, I'm not saying that his friends killed him. And I, if I'm being honest, don't necessarily think 
that they did have anything to do with it. No. But I'm not going to say that if they're not sleeping well at night, it's entirely undeserved. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not wishing that upon them, but it's like, if I were in their position, I probably wouldn't sleep well at night either because they clearly did make a mistake. Yeah. And it's a tragic mistake. It's a tragic mistake. And if you're listening, don't leave your friends at strange parties an hour away from home. Yeah. Regardless (laughs) of any other factors, like, you know, leave with the one who brung you. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like go home with the people you came with. I'm going to hold on to that. Okay. You, you hold on to that. Okay. It's mine now. <laughs> this is mine. I'm happy to have to admit, given that to you. Uh, so all of this said, there haven't been any updates to this case. No, and I'm unsurprised. Are you? Frankly. Yeah. No. I mean, this is the kind of thing where what it's going to take is one person coming forward and saying what happened. Mm-hmm. And if it hasn't happened yet, I doubt it's going. To. I doubt it's going to. I always become hopeful. I'm always like, at some point, somebody's going to slip up. Somebody's going to say something to the wrong person. But it's like, then it's so hearsay. It's like so and so said to so and so that their friend of their mother's dog was licking the hand of a man who was there that night. Yeah. It's like, it's so frustrating because you're. I I I hate to say something like this, but I just don't see how this case is ever going to get closed. I know. And that might be the worst part of it. Like is there's never going to be a resolution. A definitive answer, yeah. Um and that to me is the worst part. But hopefully having an episode like this of this show, which, by the way, is the intended purpose of this show, spanning back to the original incarnation of it, was to kind of get people talking about cold cases again and unusual things. Um, hopefully someone will watch this show and say, oh, well, Jeb told me such and such a thing the other night, and that sounds kind of weird, and I know that he lives in this little town. Yeah. Uh, so... Hopefully, at some point, something like that will come along. Hopefully, at some point, someone will say something they shouldn't have. Not that they shouldn't have said, but you know what I mean. Like Someone's going to say something they're going to wish they hadn't said. Exactly. That was the wording <laughs> I was like. You're like my interpreter today. <laughs> I'm just going to start running all my, all my phrases through Sam. <laughs> the hamster's like, yes, please do. Um, Sam is good at legal disclaimers. <laughs> I'm just watching her eyes twitch. She's like, stop saying that. Um, (laughs) I think, honestly, that's about as much as I want to talk about this case. And I know that this is a shorter episode than we normally do for these these minisodes. But this is such an upsetting case. And I'm going to say flat out that I think it's directly linked to racism in Kansas. Uh, Within law enforcement, within the people who are at this party, even to a certain extent within his friends group, uh, I think that there were racist undertones, if not overtones, to this young gentleman's disappearance. And within the context of the current uh, conversation that's happening about race in this country, it's just so frustrating and upsetting and it, it just... It makes me so angry that, like, I don't have 
I don't have the tools to continue to investigate this without it actually being an investigation. <laughs> yeah, no, like if there, if, it would be one thing if there was some more information, if they'd been a bit more forthcoming with what the coroner had found. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is we don't have a lot to go on here. And all we have is sort of circumstance. Sir, and, and a those, bunch of statements that yeah. like it's we're basically taking everyone's word, including his friend group. And you had said to me previously that basically the director of this episode said that the friends accounts of this night were extremely inconsistent. And it's like, yeah. on one hand, yes, they were drinking, but it's like I've had plenty of nights where I went out drinking and I still remember most of the night. Especially if yeah. they all drove home that night. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? Granted, in the middle of Kansas. In the middle of <laughs> Kansas, but none of them ended up in a creek. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I know. they all somehow managed to make it home, but their friend didn't. And it's like, well, why, why does nobody have a clear story of this night? Why is there no clear timeline of the events of that night? It just, it makes me so angry because we're all just supposed to say, we're all supposed to throw our hands up and say, well, everyone did the best they could. And it's like, well, clearly that's not the case here. Yeah, no, there's, there's somebody out there who knows what happened to this poor kid. I would say there's probably a bunch of people out there. Probably. But we'll, we'll be conservative and say there's one. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's one lone bastard. One, just... one lone asshole who knows what happens to this kid and like. Hopefully gets what's coming to them. I, I dearly hope just trips on something and the confession flies out of his mouth. There's got to be an asteroid. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> we, we know from personal experience that meteorites have been known to fall in the Midwest. <laughs> Hopefully it hits that motherfucker. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's um, I think that's the fullest extent of a conversation I can have about this without just going wildly into conspiracy theories but that said i think it's important that we keep talking about this case because hopefully if we do uh someone will say the the right thing that will lead us to some more information about what happened to uh alonzo brooks um and i do hope especially for his poor mother that uh that she gets some kind of closure and justice for what happened to her son um, I just felt so bad for her. He really did seem to be just like one of those kids who like was probably a really good kid and cared a lot about his family and just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time that night. Yeah. And, and something really terrible happened. And, uh, I, I just feel, I feel really terrible, um, for his mother, Maria, who is probably still going through a really hard time with this. Uh, and I hope that I hope that something can can come along or happen for her that uh, that will help to alleviate some of the pain for for this situation. Um, that said, <laughs> I think we're done with the episode, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. You didn't yeah. have anything you wanted to throw in there, did nope, you? No, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, then that's it, kids. Uh, I hope you did enjoy this this mini-sode as much as you could. I know it's it's really just a miserable, miserable story. But um, uh, 
please keep the story going and and talk about it with your friends and and make sure that this episode gets uh its due attention and um Please, by all means, remember that uh, a week from Thursday, we are launching our Patreon with the with all kinds of new content, video content and uh, newsletters and scare packages and all kinds of wonderful, wonderful things. Uh, and you can check it out at patreon.com slash my spooky gay family. And you will also be able to listen to all of the main episodes everywhere you've been listening for free. Uh, the same way you have been as long as we've been doing this. <laughs> Just 53 weeks now. 53 weeks. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. My God. Uh, so that's it for this week. <laughs> we do have a new episode coming out on Thursday. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. The FBI continues to investigate to find out if Alonzo may have been the victim of a hate crime. Brooks' body was found here in this ravine in Lacine, Kansas. Sheriff Seitz says his crew was there many times before. His body was absolutely not where it is now at the time law enforcement was there. It doesn't make any sense that a dive team came out, KBI came out, that we had cadaver dogs out. And you'd done all these searches before and never found him. But we do a search, and within 30 minutes, we find him. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Unsolved Mysteries, distributed by Netflix 2020. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel.